Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey folks, so the Lakers Legacy podcast will be taking a short break for Thanksgiving, and we wanted to make sure that you guys didn't miss a beat with regards to your weekly dose of the Lakers Legacy podcast. So as such, we are pushing out this previously recorded episode where Tommy and I go through a slew of potential wing options that the Lakers could look at if they ever decide to trade Taylor Horton Tucker. I know the timing of this sounds weird. We, we recorded this, you know, two or three weeks ago before Taylor Horton Tucker had even returned. But we are doing our due diligence. We are exhausting all of our options. This Lakers season has been an absolute slog. And so honestly, we're also starting to get a little burned out a bit covering this team. If you appreciate the work that we do, please drop us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app, and maybe we'll be motivated, unlike the Lakers, to hop back on this mic to further assess where we're going as a team. And so this next episode will be an evergreen episode talking about 3 and D wing options that the Lakers could trade for using their one silver bullet in Talon Horton Tucker. This does not reflect our own opinions of wanting to trade THT. In fact, I would personally advise against it because we need to start building our future out post-LeBron. But this is the podcast to listen to if you want to take an early look at who could be available via the trade deadline if and when the Lakers do decide that they need extra wing help. And THT is the sacrificial goat that they need to use in order to get that wing all right with that said hope everybody has a great thanksgiving and uh we'll catch you guys sometime after that go lakers Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where if you like it, then you should have put a wing on it. Oh. And by it, I'm talking about a championship, and by wing, I'm talking about, well, a legit NBA wing, preferably 6'8 or taller with a 7-foot wingspan who can play defense. Uh, (laughs) I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Uh, Today's episode will sort of be an off-topic, or maybe on-topic, sort of evergreen Lakers Legacy podcast episode. It's going to be different in the sense that we're not going to start things off by being too time sensitive and relevant to whatever's going on game-wise for the Lakers, but we will be talking about a subject that as we approach the trade deadline and eventually integrate a hopefully healthier THT once he returns may become relevant then. Um, So with that said, this episode is going to be me throwing out some Taylor Horton Tucker for TBD wing trades. 
and Tommy giving us his thoughts and reactions to that. Um, oh, damn. Oh, damn is right. So I want to caveat all this by saying we don't want to trade THT. If we had it our way, THT would stay on, <laughs> stay on this team with us for the next decade, help bridge the gap between LeBron and AD when LeBron retires, and he'll become our next great primary ball handler and scorer into the new era. But the reality is that may not happen. And as we've seen from this front office, they are not scared at all to pull the trigger on some trades to help their chances to win now, even if it hamstrings them in the future. So in preparing for that possible scenario, and also given the reality that the Lakers are so dearth in the area of 6-8 wings and will likely be scouring the market, whether it's the buyout market or the trade market, for more of those wings down the line, that is why we're doing this segment. Okay, quick addendum before we start rattling off these THT for wing trade proposals. Uh, this is future Jonathan and future Tommy dropping into the past slash present as you listen to this to add this addendum. Uh, so Tommy, I know there's wow. been some... <laughs> I, I don't think I needed to explain <laughs> that, that I'm going to anyways. Um, I don't know if you've been hearing about this stuff, but I, I, I know around Lakers Twitter there's been some scuttlebutt surrounding THT for Cam Reddish. Have you heard this? Whoa, um, I have not actually have not, not heard this. So before we sat down and I compiled my list of trade proposals for THT, I actually had the Hawks as a potential trade partner. I just scratched it out last minute. But since this talk has been you know going, going on in Lakers Twitter, I decided to bring it back. So so yeah, people are proposing, oh, let's trade THT for Cam Reddish because Cam Reddish got got a little bit of run last year during the playoffs and looked pretty good. This year he started off strong. He's shooting threes a lot. He's got a I think he's shooting pretty good percentage from three-point land. And in general, Cam Reddish is a six seven, seven foot one wingspan wing, prototypical wing, 22 years old. He's a former top 10 lotto pick in the same draft as THT in 2009. So there are some enticing 19. reasons. Sorry, 2019. Did I say 2009? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cam Reddish is that old. He's, he's got so much potential still. Um, but anyways, yes, that's the deal that people are throwing around. THT for Cam Reddish. Now, I just want to say that I don't think this is realistic yeah. for either party. Yeah. So from Atlanta's end, it doesn't make sense because one, this year they're actually giving Cam Reddish the green light to do whatever he wants off the bench to the point where they're uh, DNPing or resting Kevin Herter. And oh, wow. actually a lot of Hawks, like beat writers and stuff, when asked whether they think the Hawks are going to prioritize DeAndre Hunter or Reddish moving forward, have gone out and said they're going to prioritize Reddish over Hunter. So that's, that's one reason why it's probably not realistic from Atlanta's end. And I think in general, it's probably good to note that we probably value THT much higher than the rest of the league does in general. And this yeah. is definitely one of those cases. And on top of that, just like practically, Reddish is more cost controlled than THT is since Atlanta determines his fate in the 20... Atlanta determines his fate from 2021 this year through 2024, whereas THT actually has a player option after next year and can bounce, where Atlanta can keep giving him his qualifying offer, make him a restricted free agent, et cetera, et cetera, right? So from Atlanta's end, those are two main reasons why they likely won't want to receive THT and give up Cam Reddish. Now, from the Lakers' end, I also don't think the Lakers will do it. Do you know why? Because I think Cam Reddish has, you know, as much promise as he's shown this year and even last year in the playoffs, he's still as raw as it gets. And I don't think, given 
Frank Vogel's defense, complicated defensive system. You factor in the bright lights of LA and just naturally, like Cam Reddish's lack of continuity with like LeBron James, AD, the coaching staff, etc. It wouldn't make sense to me to trade THT and bring on Cam Reddish, even though the potential is high, because I don't think Cam Reddish would be ready to contribute this year. And his good three-point shooting percentage in Atlanta is likely not going to translate to the bright lights of Staples Center. And and yeah, I don't think Frank Vogel is going to trust him defensively as well, even though he has like the physical tools to be a good wing defender. I just see that as a disaster potentially. So that's why I think the Lakers won't do it. So from both ends, I don't think that the trade is realistic. And I just wanted to, you know, caveat that point before we bring up uh, some, some of these more realistic THT trade proposals. And I put that in quotes still, but I think the THT for Cam Reddish thing is definitely more unrealistic than even the ones we're about to bring up. And if anything, the Atlanta wing that the Lakers should want, and I think is more realistic, would probably be DeAndre Hunter because he's the more experienced guy with a smarter b-ball IQ, et cetera. But again, I don't think Atlanta would do that. So just your quick thoughts on the THT Cam Reddish talk. So it's interesting. And it's funny because if you asked me this question like six months ago, I would have been like, what are you smoking? There's no way. You hated Cam Reddish as a prospect, I know. I hated him in in the draft. Um, uh, you know, I, he, he obviously his first two years in the league kind of proved me right in some ways. I mean, he put up some count, certain counting stats, I guess, and he always had the measurables. But he shot thirty three percent from three as a rookie. Okay, maybe as a rookie, whatever. He shot twenty six percent last year. Granted, I think he was dealing with injuries for most of the season. Um. You mentioned he got some run in the playoffs, and he's a third-year player, 22 years old, kind of taking that leap uh, that you see a lot of young players mm-hmm. take. It's a very small sample size, but he off the bench is averaging in 25 minutes a game 16 points on 45% from the field and 44% from three. The reason you kind of feel confident that maybe his shoot his shot is not totally, totally broken is... He's, you know, all, he's consistently hit over 80% from the free throw line and, you know, his career so far. Um, I think you're, you're right that we as Laker fans are probably, we probably overrate THT a bit. Now, you know, it remains to be seen what, where THT, you know, ends up this year because this is THT's like third year, you know, big potential leap year that you see a lot of these young guys take. Uh, THT is a little bit younger He's got the crazy measurables that, you know, you don't really see in too many guards in the NBA. Um, But we probably do overrate him. You pointed out all the stuff about Cam Reddish that is relevant here. The big ones being he's 6'8". He just looks like an NBA wing. You know what I mean? He's like got Mm -hmm. he's like a tall 6'8". If you know what I'm saying, like this dude looks 6'8". Super long. um, Extremely, extremely athletic. And if you can get a guy like this who can hit threes, I mean, guys like this don't, like, grow on trees. It's funny because a scout compared him when he was um, when he was being drafted to, you know, maybe this guy this guy could be a potential Paul, Paul yep. George type of player. And I remember just laughing my ass off because I saw this guy <laughs> play at Duke, and he was horrific. And, I mean, like, and, you know, his, his shot – I mean, yeah, it's like the measurables, right? But we see lots of guys come in with measurables like this, and I don't know who that guy is, but – I think it, was, it might have been a current coach. That that dude should be given like some sort of <laughs> some sort of raise if Cam Reddish is able to keep this up. But yeah, you know Cam Reddish, you can kind of see him on the trajectory to becoming an elite, 
you know, three and D type. I won't even call him three and D because he actually he could do a lot more, a bit more than that. Um, but you know, one of the more uh, elite type wings in this league, and playing next to Trey Young, you're going to need guys with size who can defend. Um, so he's going to be like invaluable to that team. So and and then you know, like you said, from the other side, THT he has a familiarity with us, and we've seen firsthand the upside. So maybe we do overrate him, but maybe we overrate him because we've seen this type of not Reddit, but this type of like potential to see like, okay, as a third year player, he might take that next step. Um, so remain, remains to be seen. He's at a disadvantage because he hasn't played this year, but true. that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah. I think if you take into context, each of those situations with the team and just even, even just the reality of THT knowing what type of coach Vogel is and knowing that he's only, he's going to get, he, the only way he's going to get consistent playing time is by playing defense. Like that weighs a lot, you know? Cam Reddish is coming in here and he's like, okay, what the hell am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to jack up a bunch of threes? Like, no, you got to play defense too. So, um, yeah, so with that said, just wanted to get that Cam Reddish for THT caveat out of the way. Now we can move on to all of my THT for wing trade proposals. And so let's do that. So, Tommy, are you ready? Let's go. All right, first trade proposal. Taylor Horton Tucker for I already teased this to you before, so you can just give me your, your more of your expanded thoughts on this. But I kind of looked for teams who maybe midseason already know that they don't that their playoff chances are shot or may just want to go a different direction. So I look for wings in that department, and THT kind of can straddle both lines. You know, maybe he's not a championship ready player, but he can still help a competitive team out. But for the purposes of this exercise, I was like. Okay, I'll just look for teams who are leaning more towards we're probably not going to make the playoffs, so let's look to the future. Uh, THT is on a $10 million contract. He'll have he'll be due $10 million next year, and then I think has a player option for the third year. So he's not exactly a long-term type player, but that's enough time for a team to evaluate him properly and see if, they, if he fits in their long-term plans. So with that said, trade option one, THT and whatever salary filler you need for the Sacramento Kings, Harrison Barnes, 29 years old, 6'8", 6'11", wingspan. He's due $20 million this year, $18 million next year. Maybe you can get them to throw in Marvin Bagley if you can call up enough salary, but for the for the most part, it's THT for Harrison Barnes. Your thoughts, given the start of his season, it's debatable whether or not the Kings would actually give up Harrison Barnes because the dude is <laughs> right, right, right. like averaging 28 points, hitting five threes a game, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But if you look more to what he did last season, 16 points sort of guy, but he has quietly been a pretty consistent 40% three-point shooter. Now, I'm going to be transparent and say I don't really know how he is defensively, but just the fact that he's 6'8 and has a 6'11 wingspan and can hit an outside shot works enough for me. So what are your thoughts on that deal? So I think I would definitely do it. I I (gasps) do not think the Kings would do it. Um, But... I don't know. Like you said, to your point, it's if the Kings are thinking long term, like obviously Harrison Barnes is is good. He's, you know, 29 years old, but that's not exactly the same timeline that Darren Fox, uh, Davion Mitchell, Halliburton, those types of guys, maybe even Bagley, if he gets back in the rotation, you know, those types of guys are are on necessarily. THT is on pretty much exactly the same timeline as those guys. Um because of his size and his length, he's not like a clash with those guys. He could slot right in as like a wing for that team. Um, 
I don't think it happens for two reasons. Number one, I think if the Kings made Harrison Barnes available, and I'm not, not even thinking about just his shots or his scoring and uh, efficiency so far this year, but if they made him available, I actually think they could get some pretty good mm. assets for him. Like with the way that contracts have gone in recent years, it's pretty easy actually to get. It's like I remember when Harrison Barnes first signed this contract, it, it seemed like a lot. I, I vaguely recall people thinking like that was a pretty high contract, but now it's like, you know, you sign a dude to slightly more than the MLE for $12 million. And that's a veteran to throw in with yeah. like a young player on a rookie deal and, and make a, make a trade that's maybe more than we can offer. But, um, you know, I, I do think that if we were offered it, another reason it might not work is THT is 10 million. Like you said, I think we would have to include Kendrick Nunn. And at some point you're just, maybe we have Kendrick Nunn going to a third team. I don't know, but at some point you're just like burning a little bit too much depth. Mm. But one thing I will say about Harrison Barnes that is underrated about him is, you know, he got a lot of flack early in his career because of the, I think he missed some pretty big shots in, in games for the Golden State Warriors. It's like a very young player in the playoffs. Uh, he's consistently the last couple of years been, or last few years really been high thirties or he hit 40% one year from three. Um he does not turn the ball over for somebody who like, is it this involved mm-hmm. in the offense, dude? He's a career 1.2 turnovers per game. And yeah, he that's doesn't insane get like, in this day and that's age. insane. I mean, it's like, he doesn't get a ton of assists, right? So if you're thinking about ratio, it's okay. He's better than one-to-one obviously, but it's you, not you like don't need a guy to do that on this team. But exactly. <laughs> I, I guess what I'm saying is like for a dude who averages at least a consistent, like 11 shots a game, clearly has the ball in his hand sometimes, you know, is, is, dribbling is getting rebounds like is like getting some assists like at least a couple of game and and doing all these different things uh he only averages like that many assists he you know last year he averaged 1.6 the year before that 1.2 1.1 the year before that i mean he has some really low assist games for how many minutes he's on or excuse me turnover games for how many minutes he's on the floor so underrated part of harrison barnes game that i think would be perfect on a team like this where you when you get the ball and it's not in Russ and LeBron's hands, you don't want to mess it up, you know. Yeah, so I agree with you. It, it's probably not realistic that the Kings would do it, but if they were, I guess we both would say, yeah, take a swing at it. You know. Um, here's my second trade. We have to put everything I, I propose under the context that I just laid out, where maybe it's not as realistic that the other team would do it, but let's just say they're willing to take THT on, which is not that hard to twist another team's arm to be like, hey, take take a flyer on THT, one of the most unique prospects uh, that we've had in the game. That's a little hyperbole. But anyways, uh, my second trade proposal to you is, and I know this is overreaction to what's happened to them at the start of the season, but let's just roll with it, okay? THT for... <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> yeah, close. THT for Portland Trailblazer, Robert Covington, and Anthony Simon. So we get to throw in a little bit of uh, a young guy, too, to make up for the THT loss while also gaining experience with Robert Covington. 6'7", 6'8", 7'2", wingspan. He's an expiring $12.9 million this year. Anthony Simons is making $3.9 million this year. And I think they have his rookie qualifying offer to offer him 5.7 next year. But regardless, that's the deal. THT for Rocco and Anthony Simons. To me, it's like, oh, we still get a flyer on a sort of youngish guy who can shoot the ball a little bit, can get sort of microwave hot from the bench. 
And most of all, you get your 3-and-D defensive wing stopper, of which Robert Covington has pretty much created that template. Your thoughts on that deal? This one is interesting because, like like you said, there's a big over overlying assumption here that um, Portland is that out of the race that they're kind of thinking forward to, you know, what not what's not the best team that could win this year, but we're, what are we going to do moving forward? And I guess if they're thinking from the perspective of like, okay, there's a decent chance, you know, Damian Lillard is going to demand a trade, or we're going to have to trade CJ, or we're going to have to blow the potentially blow up this core in some way soon here. THT gets you like a very reasonably contract, uh, very reasonably sized contract young player on your team to be a part of that sort of rebuild. I mean, you got some young pieces here to work with, like Larry Nance. I guess, like in your proposal, we'd get Anthony Simons. Um, uh, You know, they've got Norman Powell, who I don't think he's, I I can't remember how old he is actually, but. You know, they've got some some options here to kind of put some pieces together for a rebuild. And Robert Covington is on an expiring contract. And I do not see that dude landing a deal back on this team next year. I mean, it's just looking at their numbers for next year. If they, if everybody opts in, they're already at $118 million. You know what I mean? And how many teams is this year going to, how many years in a row is this team going to pay like crazy high luxury tax to? True not really be competitive. So I, I don't know. I think there is an angle for Portland doing it. I think if anything, the interesting angle is for us in that, what do we do? Like Robert Covington for THT is so clearly a win now move. You're Mm -hmm. kind of burning your future a little bit, you know what I mean? And what do you do after the season? It's like, is it a rental or do you think you can retain this dude for like a reasonable deal? But what what does a reasonable deal look like? Cause you also have Russ, who's going to be a free agent. I mean, there's like, that for that reason, I think if you're getting getting rid of THT for anyone, you can make a really strong argument that whoever you're taking back, that person has to have at least two years on their deal. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I I I'm with you in terms of I don't think I'm doing this deal. Um, even though your chances of winning this year are probably a lot higher, I feel like. But yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, before we move forward with the rest of our juicy THT for wing trade proposals, first, a word from our sponsors. Okay, so we are back. And future Jonathan and Tommy are adding another addendum to this episode by bringing up a trade that I hadn't initially posed during the time of our first recording, but now after thinking about it, have decided to retroactively include just because I think it makes a lot of realistic sense for both sides. And this is a trade that I texted Tommy over the weekend. There's a lot of exposition that you probably don't need to know, but it doesn't matter. So Tommy, before I move on with the rest of uh, these trade proposals, here is our addendum. One of our addendum deals. You ready for this? Yes. Taylor Holden Tucker for the Process Sixers, Matisse Thibel, and Danny Green to make the salaries work. So a return, a ex-Laker returning once again sort of redemption story. Now, Matisse Thibel is making $2.8 million this year, $4.3 million next year. Danny Green is making $10 million this year and a non-guaranteed $10 million next year. So he's essentially an expiring, and you put both of them together, that's pretty much, you know, THT's $10 million. Um, Matisse is 6'5 with a 7-foot wingspan, and that is very impressive. On top of that, though, he's built like an ox. He's always had this NBA-ready body, even after being drafted by the Sixers, I think number 20 in the first round. Um, he is a steals and blocks specialist. He's 
currently on the season averaging 2.4 steals and 1.4 blocks. He's a lockdown wing defender. Do we wish he was 6'8"? Sure, but I mean, he makes up for it with his 7-foot wingspan. Comparably, THT is 6'5 with a 7'1 wingspan, so the fact that he has an inch on Matisse is crazy. But regardless, outside of that, Matisse also can hit an occasional super wide-open three. Uh, In my opinion, he's like the less proficient three-point shooting Robert Covington. He hit 0.93s on 35% three-point shooting his rookie year, and then 0.73s on 30% shooting last year. So, you know, maybe there's some hope there. Um, But regardless, you're, you're getting him for his defense. And obviously, in this proposal, you're getting Danny Green back, so that helps as well in terms of just 3 and D shooting in some capacity we know he's going to be inconsistent but yeah what are your thoughts on THT for Matisse Thibel because to me it makes sense for both sides especially given the fact that the Philadelphia 76ers are looking for any sort of primary ball handling creation they can get in light of Ben Simmons just not playing I thought the Sixers are building around Matisse Matisse Thibel and Andre Drummond now is that not right that's kind of true, actually. Andre Drummond had like 17 rebounds the other day and like five assists, and I don't know, it was crazy. He had an insane line. I So I think this one is an interesting one because I think this is an example of kind of both fan bases overrating their own guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's it's truly hard, and I can't say, I don't want to offend any Sixers fans, <laughs> the one Sixer fan who's bored and listening to our podcast for some reason. But, um, you know, I... I I just, Matisse Thibel, I think, is sort of infamous at this point because he's like allegedly, wasn't he like allegedly like one of the guys that Maury refused to throw in in a potential James Harden trade and everybody, and he got like mocked for it. So, you know that Philly is like super high on Thibel, but that said, it's like, you know what he brings defensively? He just does not bring that much else. He's three and a half or so years older than THT. Um... Maybe you make an argument he has a little less, less upside for that reason. Um, his measurables are actually not that different than THT. And again, it's like, where is THT going to be in three years? I guess the main benefit you get from Thibel is, you know, because he was a first-round pick, I suppose you you could lock him up. You know, he's going to be a restricted free agent. You mentioned you were talking before about we really only have THT for like two seasons and then he can opt out. And I mean, there are some benefits I guess, right? But THT has a lot of offensive versatility, and we don't know yet where his defense is going to go. If he can elevate his defense, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Thibel because I think Thibel is up there in like the Caruso stratosphere of like good mm-hmm. perimeter defenders and Ben Simmons. I mean, literally, he is like that that level. Yeah. Um, so there's like obviously some value to that. Uh, but if THT can become a above average defender, but give you a ton more on offense. You know, he's got the length and, and, and all that stuff. I, I don't know. I think I probably lean on the side of not doing this one. Danny green doesn't really move the needle for us right now. Um, in my opinion, just because I don't know, we have more depth at, at guard and we have guys like Bays more who can, who can give us some defense and defend it. Maybe Danny, you know, it might be helpful if we were getting back, getting back like a six, eight guy who maybe had more plug and play value for us this year, as opposed to a guy like Danny green. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think I would probably say no, but I think Sixers fans would probably also say no. So, so I, I'm on the fence about this one because I think I'd actually do it just because Matisse 
uh, he's super athletic too. So even though he doesn't technically bring anything on the other end, like if you think about like the playmakers that we have, like this is a guy that could feast off of them and he's a good finisher. I'm just thinking about the, you know, transition possibilities, the lob possibilities to this guy uh, outside of just him being a, a lockdown defender that you like and pit bull that you can sick on any perimeter guy. I feel like there is some upside with regards to him being that cutting finishing specialist and I do think, I mean, his three-point shot is not totally broken. If you think about Larry Nance, he started off at an even worse baseline than Matisse, where he wasn't even taking threes, first of all. So Matisse taking 0.9, 0.7 threes, or making 0.9, 0.7 in his first two years is encouraging to me. And I think there's some potential there as he continues to grow in becoming one of, like, literally, if he just hones in that shot, like then he becomes Robert Covington, right? Now, I know that's, you know, tacking on a lot of ifs and ands and buts, but that's kind of like what you'd hope for if you you did this trade. But it's close. It's close. Uh, speaking of that, quick tangent onto, I know before the break, we talked about a THT for Robert Covington and Anthony Simons deal. And I just mentioned his name in, in reference to Matisse Thiebel, but what are your thoughts on a revised version of the Rocco anthony Simons deal with Portland, uh, but just sw- swap out Robert Covington for Larry for Nance Jr.? Uh. Yeah. So Larry Nance Jr. is three years younger, more athletic, got more bounce in his step, obviously. He's making $10 million this year, only $9 million next year. He's obviously not as proficient a three-point shooter as Rocco, but he's currently better than Thibel. And over the last few years, he's actually turned into a guy who hits 1-3 a game at a 35-36% clip. To me, that'll do when what you're really looking for from Larry Nance is his activity on defense, his finishing, uh, lob threat ability, and to me, I envision him, he would just he would just be a very nice, switchy guy to have and um, can also rebound and pass well as well. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on Larry Nance Jr. and Anthony Simons? Yeah, so this one is a, definitely interesting to me. And I, you know, the only person who can really answer the question here of, how, of whether this is worth it is somebody who really has a good sense of what THT's upside is. Because on paper, like if you're thinking about the roster today, Larry Nance Jr. makes a ton of sense. He fits in as that like 6'8", you know, type dude with some decent length and athleticism who could play forward in defensive lineups when we maybe, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to use Mello. Uh, you know, LeBron needs a, a rest or what, you know, you want to push LeBron down to the three. He can, he can uh, switch spots with LeBron on the defensive end. They could switch everything. He could defend centers on switches. Um He's not a bad defender against guards. He's a good rebounding forward. He gets a lot of steals, has great hands. He can pass the ball. I mean, he's a really solid player. And Mm -hmm. it's now been two years in a row that he's hit mid-30s plus from three, right? So he's clearly, like, developed that aspect of his game quite a bit. He has familiarity with the team. Maybe Obviously not this coaching staff, um, but, you know, with the team uh, generally from his first three years uh, you know, on the team and, and to, uh, in the league, I should say. I'm pretty interested by this one, but again, it's like Larry Nance Jr. is 29. THT is, t- I think, turning 20, hasn't even turned 21 yet or is turning 21 this month or something. So that's a huge difference. Like, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it's like Larry Nance is probably going to be cheaper for you moving forward, but where do you see THT's upside on a team that has like so many picks traded away and, and, you know, has taken the position that we are going to move picks to help us win. Now it's like, you only get so many of these guys you can kind of hold on to as potential high, like super high upside type plays. And, and maybe THT is 
one of those for us. Um, but I'm, I'm interested by this one. I'll say that. Yeah, me too. I mean, the question you have to keep asking yourself is win now or for the future. And sometimes the future gets kind of muddled with the fact that you have Russell Westbrook, right? If THT doesn't evolve in terms of his off-ball play, continuing to be a good cutter, continuing to be a good shooter, et cetera, et cetera, sometimes you kind of just have to cut bait for something with a little less upside but a better fit for your team, especially if you are a team like the Lakers who are trying to win championships. So uh, yeah, okay, let's move on to our other options. All right, moving on to my number three deal. This one is probably my kind of quirkiest one. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts. THT for the Oklahoma City Thunders, Lou Dort and Derek Favors. So this is an interesting deal because of it kind of kills two birds with one stone, or I guess one big bird with two stones since there are two players here. Regardless, you know what I'm saying because it's killing two birds in the sense that we get our defensive stopper, uh, Lou Dort. He's 22 years old. He's only 6'4", 6'5", but he does have a 6'8 wingspan and is built like a bull, and he hangs his name on defense. Offensively, woo boy, this guy averaged 14 points last year on 38% from the field, but he did hit 34% from three and did make 2.2 a game, so there's volume there. But regardless, you're getting him for his stout defense. And then with Derek Favors, who's going to be a throw-in in this deal, He's uh, making $9 million this year with a $10 million player option next year. So granted, he'd probably take that. But he's a much better option than DeAndre as a true big man guy who can also at least hit a mid-range jump shot. Um, so in that sense, it's like, okay, we get rid of the DeAndre problem. And if we're going to swap anybody for THT, we get the defensive-minded version of him. What are your thoughts on this? I think I'm kind of selling way too low, but it's just interesting to nibble at. It's interesting. So, but again, I kind of, I don't know if I put this in quite the same category. I think here's the thing. When you're dealing with guys who are 20, 22 years old, I think you have to lean on the guy who has the most upside. You know what I mean? And maybe you could make an argument that for this year's team, Lou Dort maybe has a actually more a better fit than THT in mm -hmm. terms of we don't really need as many ball handlers, guys who can create plays or you know, create their own shot this year as we have in previous years. THC is not a bad defender. Hopefully has taken a leap there. But, like, Lou Dort has quickly become, like, one of the top defenders in the league, like, you know, in his time, or at least in terms of how much activity he exerts on that yeah. end. So, you know, and, and brings a strength and length dynamic that we're maybe lacking a little bit. Um, but all that said, these are 20, 22-year-old guys. you got to go with the person who's more likely to be a home run, just like the you know, NBA draft lottery, because these guys could be like NBA draft picks right now, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, you, you got to go with THT. And, and so I think you keep THT. I wouldn't do that trade. Yeah, ultimately, I agree with you. Um, okay, this is kind of similar in that we get two players back. THT for the Charlotte Hornets, Kelly Oubre, $12 million this year, $12.6 million next year. And, and PJ Washington, uh, former lottery, I think he was a lottery pick or right outside of the lottery, but 13-6 and six last year, 39% from three, hitting two a game. He has a club option for $5 million next year, so you do have to sort of call up some salary, maybe add a Kendrick Nunn. But P.J. Washington becomes your new Markeith Morris, and he's still sort of young. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on THT for Kelly Oubre and P.J. Washington? Kelly Oubre is wild, I know, but he gives you a seven-foot wingspan, 6'9 sort of guy. 
Kelly Oubre, if you had the confidence that he was going to come here and, like, really lock in and play solid basketball, like championship-quality basketball, then I think you got to go with him just in terms of, I mean, obviously last season was a horrific output for him in, in terms of efficiency, but if he can hit you, like, mid-30s from three, which he's done, uh, you know, at least once in his career, maybe maybe twice, you know, he had a pretty decent year one year in Washington. If he can hit you like mid thirties from three, give you that length, you know, he averages about a steal a game over his career, um, get you some rebounds. Maybe he's averaged, you know, about six rebounds a game the last few years. He, he brings a little bit more to the table now than THC does. And he's like pretty young and like wing, the wing position is never not going to be a need. So I think you can make like a pretty decent argument for this one, especially because it's like we only have THT really locked up for two more years too, including this year because he's got a player option in his last year. So we don't know how much it's going to cost to retain him. Like I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe this is something you take like a shot on, especially if you maybe have done some scouting on PJ Washington and and he looks good. I'm not sure the Hornets would do this honestly. Yeah, I I, I think I might. I would consider this trade for sure. I'll tell you why the Hornets might do it because right now PJ Washington is getting pinched out of their rotation because of how well Miles Bridges is playing. Um, And Kelly Oubre too. Once everybody's healthy on that team, they've got LaMelo, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, um, Boog Knight, whatever his name is, you know? So that guy plays the wing (laughs) position. Um, Is it Boog Knight or Boog Knight? I I don't know how to say that guy's name. I apologize. Boog Knight. Knight. Um, But yeah, so these guys are sort of getting pinched out. And so if they want to take a better flyer on THT, if their playoff chances are sliding, it's like, yeah, let's get THT and you can get two guys who are kind of superfluous to our roster anyways. So um, did you say you would do it or you wouldn't do it? I don't know if I do it, but I would okay, definitely you're on the strongly fence. consider it. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I think I'm on. I'm along the same lines as well. All right, so I saved my last, my, the best trade proposal for last. Are you ready oh. for this? Okay. If you had to take a guess, wild guess, is there anybody in your mind that you'd think that I would throw out there right now? Uh... <laughs> you can just say no. No. Okay. Good. Not Pascal Siakam, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Oh, that's, you know, the Raptors are not, a, that's an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't have that on my list, but that's interesting, actually. Um, it's kind of similar, though. So for my last THT fantasy trade proposal, I Kawhi? am going. Huh? No, go ahead. What did you say? I said Kawhi? <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, no. All right. THT. For the Detroit Pistons, Jeremy Grant. Uh-oh. Oh. 27 years uh, old. Uh, 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 uh. Uh-oh, indeed. Making $20 million this year and $20 million next year. So he's essentially expiring next year. Obviously, we need to add none, whatever, whatever, with THT to come up with that $20 million salary. But in terms of a 3 and D guy and a guy that we've met in the playoffs and fared pretty well against us, it's not many better options than Jeremy Grant. What are your thoughts? Yeah, dude. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting one. And I actually, I think you could make an argument that the, you know, Pistons do this depending on how much they, how much salary they can shed, I guess. Um, You know, how much they can, yeah, I guess shed if they're sending out 20 and we send THT and none. I don't know if that works from a, 
cap perspective, but if they can save three or four million, I mean, this is a team that's probably going to be the worst team in the NBA, and mm-hmm. they're at 124 million guaranteed in salary this year. So why not shave that down a little bit um, in a year that's you know probably not going to be super super competitive? So it it kind of makes sense actually, it makes you know, a lot for of both sense. for both teams. And I know the Pistons have Cade, but Cade is kind of, you know, a combo guard and isn't he like six seven, six eight? He is he's he's more like a Luca, I guess, is is what people are projecting yeah. his play style to be. Like I guess a bigger guard forward who mm-hmm. is has the ball in his hands a lot. I guess my point is he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot. And you know, if you put a combo guard out there too, that could be like a pretty interesting like a bigger combo guard with length like THT, and you put him and you know, kind of Cade at the wing or at the other guard spot, wherever you know, they decide to start him. That gives you like two positions out of three already set. Like you're going to have some length, you know what I mean? And size. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be like an interesting look for the Pistons backcourt. They get THT on a pretty cheap deal to see how it kind of works out. Uh, you know, they might lose Jeremy Grant anyway. At least they'll have THT's like full bird rights and, and can give him anything. Um, you know, obviously the same for Jeremy Grant, but again, when you're thinking of timelines, like, Jeremy Grant is not old, but he's 27, and THT is more on Cade Cunningham, Cunningham's uh, timeline than Jeremy Grant is. So this is one that is actually not totally crazy and would be completely insane if it happened, but I think I would do it. Can you imagine, like, Jeremy Grant on this team? Because he's built pretty sturdily well as well. So it's like LeBron, be... Jeremy Grant, Dwight oh Howard, God. Wait, Anthony could you Davis. Imagine... AD at the five, Jeremy Grant at the four, LeBron. Mm -hmm. Like, that front court would be so insane. And then you have Russ and then, like, Bays or whoever. You you might not even need to put Bays. You could just put, like, Wayne. Mellow at the one. I'm just kidding. Yeah, (laughs) Mellow Mellow at at the the two. (laughs) Yeah, Mellow at the two or, like, whatever, dude. This this lineup would account or, you know... uh, correct for so many mistakes no, you know what's yeah. so funny mellow at the two it sounds outlandish but if jeremy grant's there to provide that defense 80 at the five jeremy grant at the four lebron at the three mellow at the two and westbrook at the one is not that insane <laughs> <laughs> you know frank would experiment with it for sure i know uh so right, needless to say to we would both happen. we would both do this deal yeah so i mean that pretty much does it oh i do have one last one THT for Kyle Kuzma and Corey Kispert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. No, I'm done. I'm as, as much of a Kyle Kuzma stan as I am, I'm done with the Kyle Kuzma experience, um, even though his template sort of fits. Um, but I wouldn't give up THT for him, even if we're getting the next Joe Harris and Corey Kispert. Uh, with that said, that'll do it for this segment. I don't know if I have another segment coming after this where I talk about something more relevant with regards to a recent Lakers game that happened. Um, But Tommy, thank you for joining me for this uh, fantasy segment entitled, We're Trading THT for a Wing, Probably. All right, I'll let you go. Peace. Laters. 